0: From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee Hee. Hello, villagers! Happy Friday, you guys! We made it to the end of another week. Woohoo! I'm excited for this weekend. Ah, this weekend holds a lot of fun stuff um, for Nicholas and I, we're doing some traveling, we have family visiting, um, and then next week is also jam-packed for us with kind of the same stuff. So, so exciting. I look forward to the weekends. I don't live for the weekends in a sense that I hate my job, but I live for the weekends in a sense that it frees up the rest of the world. I'm an entrepreneur. I work For myself, I work from home. I kind of have that flexibility. Not everybody else does. And for me, that's hard. I want that if I can go to lunch, everybody else can go to lunch too. And that's just not the case. And I want when I can take off and go to a 2.30 event, everybody else can too. Oh, it's such a bummer when other people don't have that luxury or that freedom. (sighs) Ah. I am feeling so content on this Friday and I hope that you are too. I hope that you're having good positive feelings whether that is like excitement or wonder or something new or happiness or you're just feeling fulfilled or maybe you just got some really amazing news you had been waiting on forever and you were wondering if it was going to come true. Who knows, but that's what I hope that you are feeling. If you're not feeling that, hang on. Better times are ahead. Things don't stay this rough forever. It's easy for me to say I'm on the other side of it, but I have been where you are, I promise. I've been there in your shoes, sitting in that chair, wearing those pants, however you wanna say it. I have been there. It does get better, I promise. Hang on. You are listening to episode number 72 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast, and today I'm diving into traveling with young children. I am so excited that November is here. I love the month of October, but I'm really excited for the end of 2018 because I think 2019 is going to be a gigantic year for so many people that I know. I am so excited for the new year. I love celebrating New Year's Eve. Um... So, the end of the year is always a really fun time for me. Some people, it is kind of a sad time, and you know, they have to say goodbye to the previous year. Usually, when the new year gets here, I have already said goodbye to the previous year and I am on to bigger and better things. So, with the end of the year comes holidays, and holidays often means travel for families. And so many of you are out there thinking, how am I going to pull this off? How am I going to travel with all my kids and get there safely and get there all in one piece and get there with all the things that we need and not forget the presents or not forget the sweet potato casserole or not forget a child or my phone on top of the car or whatever it might be with your sanity. That's a good one with all of your hair. Traveling with a newborn is not anything that I have done personally. I don't have kids. However, I've been a part of a lot of families that I've helped with. So I have gone on trips as a nanny before. I do overnight care all the time. I will travel with families, day trips, overnight trips, international trips. Um, you know, if someone needs help or support, go On vacation with their family, then I'm happy to help. I feel like a vacation is just as much for the parents as it is for the kiddos. And so everyone should have a space that they're able to relax. And if that means bringing a sitter along with you so that the parents can have that space and that time to relax and restore and rejuvenate and recharge and all the rees that happen on vacation, then I say go for it. You should do it. But it's not always the case. You don't always have an extra hand. And traveling with a newborn can be intimidating and anxiety-provoking and even grueling if you don't prepare. Traveling with young children is not something you want to just do on a whim or decide today that you're going to do it and pick up tomorrow. It is something that you want to kind of think about and probably... Get some ducks in a row before you just haul off and travel with young children. Luckily, most people are super kind and patient with cute and tiny humans, but sometimes people aren't, and your baby's only gonna be allowed to cry for so long on the plane before people start getting really frustrated and annoyed. And at that point, it doesn't really matter that it's a baby people are annoyed, people are angry, and they're not always super kind. And as a new mom, especially if your baby is so young that you're still having some postpartum mood stuff, some postpartum emotions, postpartum hormones, then that will just be another possible trigger. So trying to avoid that. You know, Nicholas and I travel pretty often. I am not from Boston, so I travel home. Nicholas travels for work. I travel for work. We both find ourselves on a plane every few weeks, either together or one of us, and I love spending time at airports. So The people watching is fantastic, and we also love planes. Nicholas more than I, I've only recently learned about planes thanks to him and his knowledge and his obsession with planes, but they are really cool. Planes are super intricate. There's a lot of thought that goes into planes. They're very powerful things. And we got the chance to ride on a Dreamliner Boeing 787. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is a huge, huge jetliner airplane. Um, It was international. We went to Thailand and we touched down in Qatar. And to get us to and from Qatar, we got to ride on um, this magnificent plane. And so it was one of the things that, it was really surreal for Nicholas. It was super cool for me, but it led to a bigger and better and deeper more meaningful experience and for me it was that we got to spend 20 hours on a plane with a mom and a one-month-old baby and coincidentally she was seated right across the aisle from us on the same row so I got to have conversations with her I got to you know chatting with her and we were talking about what we both did and it turns out they were American family living in Qatar, and they were coming home to see family. Now, when we boarded, I immediately noticed her because she didn't seem to have enough hands. And every time we travel, I'm very cognizant of families with young children. I, by nature, love to watch people. It's, I mean, I have a degree in psychology. So I love human interaction, the way that people work and interact and move throughout their day and their environment and around the people in their environment and all the things. I love watching humans and so I'm always watching families to see what they do. So how can I learn? It helps me be a better supporter and caregiver and practitioner and be in people's homes. It helps me understand different perspectives. So I'm always watching, but also I'm always watching because you never know who might actually need a hand. If you are uh, a follower of mine on Instagram, then you may have seen the story earlier this year. I was traveling to and from Miami, and I had touched down somewhere for a layover, and I went to the bathroom, and there was this just disheveled mom. She looked totally overwhelmed. The child was screaming, Um, you know, their head off. They had a poopy diaper. It was on, the baby was on the diaper table. Mom's face was red. She was crying. You could just tell it was not a good situation. So I offered my help and surprisingly she said yes. I asked her if she wanted any help. She shook her head yes and I told her I was a doula. I was a birth worker um, and I was happy to change baby's diaper and she said yes she let me um it's very rare very rare that complete strangers especially women will let you help men are much more open to letting women help them but other women not often get so many no's i'll i'll always help because that's just who i am and i think that we won't build a village if we don't ever push past those social boundaries of it's not okay to offer help It is okay, and you should do it, and it's okay for them to say no, but on the off chances they said yes, you guys, it can be huge. So this mom said yes. I changed her baby's diaper. She went into the stall, probably cleaning up her face. She came back out, put some water on her face, and I gave her a hug. We chatted for literally two minutes. I told her, you know, you've got this, your baby's happy now, their diaper's cleaned, where are you going? They had just a short flight, so I encouraged her that it was almost over, she was almost home, and that she could do this, and that was it. And it was so fascinating. So I... Watch families in the airport for several reasons and I immediately noticed this mom when we boarded because she did not have enough hands for everything and it looked as, as though she was by herself and I thought holy moly that baby is just so tiny to be with her by herself traveling international this is insane. And it turns out that her partner was there Um, from the first class cabin he appeared. And he helped her settle in. And then he returned to his seat in first class and left her back there with just an empty seat beside her where he could have very well sat. And it was a very strange thing. Um, But it worked for them. So after a few minutes, I you know, I told Nicholas, I was like, I think I want to say something about mom. And then I went back and forth in my head and I didn't know where she was from. I couldn't really hear them talking and I wasn't, you know, trying to pay attention to their conversations. So I didn't know what her reaction was going to be. So I went back to my why and my why was to let her know that she wasn't alone. And so if she got offended by that, that was not on me. If she took it graciously it still wasn't on me. That was still on her, but at least it was a good thing. So either way, she would walk away either offended and feeling supported or happy and feeling supported, but nevertheless, feeling supported, and that is my job. So I scooched over to her seat, and I said, hi, I just want to, you know, introduce myself, explain to you I'm a medulla, and let you know that we are right there if you need anything. This is a long flight I'm happy to give you an extra hand. I saw that your partner was with you. Um, but if you need somebody to just like, you know, run to the bathroom and you want to wake your partner up, let me know for sure. I'm happy to help. She could not believe her eyes. She started. Her eyes started welling up. She thanked me. And then for the entire flight back, 20 hours, she continued to thank me. Um, she just told me that, It was nice to have someone offer, and it made her feel not alone. Isn't that wild? That was my exact why. And so although she never needed my help the entire flight, she never, ever, ever, ever needed an extra hand. She totally had it. She was 100% a champ, but she knew that on the off chance that she needed somebody or needed an extra hand... I was there so I've seen a few posts on social media of parents asking for tips and tricks to make flying easier with newborn um, babies or young infants or just young children in general and so I thought this would be an awesome episode to share some of my knowledge that I have with you so I've come up with a definitive list of really helpful hints The first thing that you would need to do is gather some documents. So you'll want to keep and take with you important documents for all of your safety. So you can just keep this in an envelope or a folder and you can just like label it emergency documents, important documents, personal documents. Um, You can label it ICE if you want. Um, Some people get really nervous with carrying these documents around. And I hear that you should definitely keep it in a safe place. You can put it in the lock, the safety lock box in the hotels, but on the off chance that something happens, you will want these with you. So in my opinion, it's it's worth the risk to take these with you and have them on the off chance that something happens. Cause you do have a way of keeping them safe while you're not in your hotel room and necessarily with your luggage. So the first thing you'll want to have is your child's birth certificate, um, their name and contact information for their pediatrician, and then any emergency contacts for you including your primary care physician or your OBGYN and midwife or both. So you want your people to have all the contacts to your medical professionals, especially if you are anywhere in the first year of postpartum. It's helpful to have all these contacts in your phone listed as well. You can put those under ICE. Um, Flight attendants are trained to know where to find emergency contact for people, even though if you're flying and something happens, It is a tricky situation. Um, Hopefully, there'll be somewhere that you can land close. Even better, it would be nice if there was a doctor on board, but that's not always the case. And even if that were the case, not all doctors feel comfortable practicing on an airplane. I mean... Can't you understand that? I can, definitely. Um, So just make sure that you have all of your emergency contacts, including those of your child's. Another important thing is a picture of your driver's license, your insurance cards, and your partner's driver's license. So this is especially important if you are traveling without your partner. You definitely want somehow to let them know who to contact, if you, if something happens, right? Um, You want them to know who your number one person is, and that's generally going to be your spouse. So those are your important contacts that you want to keep or the important documents. So just make sure that you keep those all together. You can staple them. You can put them in a sealed envelope. You can keep them in one of the manila envelopes. You can put them in, you know, a manila folder. It doesn't matter how you carry them, um, just make sure that they are with you printed out. A lot of people also will think that it's okay just to have them in digital form. It is 99% of the time, but if you're like me and you don't love to go off of 99% of the time and you want to make sure that that other 1% is covered as well, I do both. Um, I have Nicholas put all of our stuff together, and we keep it digitally. We both have it in, um, in our phones digitally when we travel, but then we also have these printed out. It's a, it's a team thing. He's a digital man. I'm a paper gal, so we, we do the paper and the digital thing. Next up, what to bring for your baby. So you will want to bring all of the things in your typical diaper bag. Diapers, wipes, pacifier, burp cloths, changing pads, plastic bags for soiled clothes and diapers, a change of clothes for you and the baby. Now most airplanes will have changing tables in the bathroom, but you'll want a cover for it. So you want to buy some sort of sanitary cover um, for changing tables, you can just get those on Amazon. For international flights, the airline will provide the children under the age of one a bassinet to travel in. However, the child must be removed anytime the fasten seat vault sign is on or anytime the plane experiences any turbulence. So, for international trips, this can really be a lot. Um, it might be better to explore other options such as baby wearing. Um, for simple flights, it's not so bad, especially flights that are pretty direct. But if you have a flight that takes a lot of um, like different courses, it might be might be better to baby wear. So that means bring in a wrap. Obviously, I recommend a soft wrap. Even for children up to one, unless you have a very large and heavy child, I still recommend a soft wrap for traveling. It is just so easy to you know, roll it up and put it somewhere. It can be stuffed places, it can be worn. I mean, it's so versatile. Next is a sound machine. So there's a lot of things that you can do for a sound machine. I personally travel with an app on my phone. We have sound machines in every room of our house, and so I would never be able to sleep outside of my house if it didn't come in an app. There's an app for that. Um, there is an app for that. There's actually several apps for that. I use one called Noise Box, and I love it. It gets super loud. My phone does have to be plugged in to use it because it uses a lot of battery, but my phone is normally plugged in at night. Anyway, for babies, if they're sleeping in a different room or you don't necessarily want your phone right next to them, they have portable sound machines that clip on to cribs and car seats and just set right by um, your baby's crib or bassinet or wherever they're sleeping on a counter or next to the floor or whatever. So you have lots of options for the sound machine. Just don't forget it. The next thing on my list is something that I don't think a lot of people think about, but it's Amazon Prime. The reason I say this is because you can have stuff shipped anywhere all over the world. If you pay for Prime, it's there in two days. So if you get somewhere and you need something and you have two days, sometimes it's even one day. If you have the time to wait and you've paid for Amazon Prime, Use that sucker. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Amazon Prime has saved us on vacation. Next, a baby is sleeping sign. So this seems maybe silly. Maybe some of you rolled your eyes. But let me set this up. You are traveling. You're staying in a strange house to your baby, so maybe this is the house that you grew up in or that your partner grew up in, or this is your cousin's house that you stay every year, and it's not a strange house to you, but it is a strange house to your baby. So the first day or two is really rocky and really rough, and your baby doesn't sleep very much, but by day three, you finally have your baby down for a nap. And someone walks into that room because it's the guest bedroom and they forgot your baby was in there. (gasps) Can you imagine the devastation? Wouldn't your heart just sink? My stomach just sank right now telling that story. It's so devastating. It's so much like just spilled milk after you just spent time pumping. Don't let that happen. Print out a baby is sleeping sign. You can make it cutesy flutesy. You can make it just words written on a piece of paper and put it on the door or the doorknob. So when people reach for the doorknob, they'll have to see this sign and it will say baby is sleeping. I promise you it will save you. As for flying with a newborn, there's a few things that you need to know about formula and breast milk. So, I, in America, bless it, we just don't have the best treatment for flying, breastfeeding, pumping parents. Ay, ay, ay. So, formula and breast milk must be checked at security separately. Most often it needs extra clearance and sometimes they will require you to pour out your stuff. There have been devastating stories of women being forced to taste their own breast milk to prove that it was breast milk and TSA officers harassing them, pouring out hard-earned breast milk, letting it sit out of the ice for so long, and it ruins holding up women so long in security that they miss their flights. There have been some pretty bad horror stories. I won't go into those because they get my blood boiling and they just really, really piss me off, but... Your breast milk and formula is an exception to the 3.4 ounce rule. Security may open it up. Um, they will definitely open up anything um, that's sealed most likely. They're going to open any kind of powder or formula um, if it has the seal for extra clearance measure. And then the liquid is often x-rayed, which some people have sticky thoughts on. So. Just know this, if you are going to a place where you can buy formula, sometimes it's worth just making up enough that you can get through your flight and then purchasing what you need once you get to your destination. Also for flights, something to consider are the type of diapers that you use. So if you use cloth diapers, you may consider using disposable ones just for your travels or at least just for the plane ride. Most parents report that it's worth the money to be able to toss a soil diaper and not have to worry about getting reusable diapers to the washing machine or the laundromat while traveling. Also, I mean... Again, with security, they're going to want to check everything. And do you really want to have to unwrap a soiled diaper and explain that it's a poopy diaper and then wrap it back up? Because you know the TSA people aren't going to do it. Um, Just think about those kind of things. Think about making life easier on you. And whatever you decide to do while you're traveling, well, it's just that. It's temporary. You can go right back to how you do it at home. When you get back home, your child will understand you can make that separation, that boundary of this is what we do on vacation and this is what we do at home. As for comfort items, as many of you have probably heard, babies don't love flying. That's not always true. I have been with tons of babies who are totally fine flying, both take off and coming back down to land. Now, if you can baby wear for the duration of the flight, obviously, I've already said this, I think that's the best. I'm a huge fan of baby wearing. Anytime that you can baby wear, I'm pro baby wear. Do it. So a flight is a great chance to do this. This is the most efficient way to travel, in my opinion, with your newborn or young infant. The child is able to have skin-to-skin contact as well as hear your heartbeat, which they're going to find soothing. Traveling can be really overstimulating for young children. Even though they may not be crying, a really super silent baby may just be taking it all in and you never know when they're really being overstimulated. Bring a boppy pillow in case baby wearing isn't possible. Seats are really small and crammed and and sometimes your child just isn't having it. A boppy will save you. It makes this nice little soft, tray, this lap tray that you can lay your baby on. You can do tummy time and let your baby look out. You can lay them on their back and let them look up. You can lay them on their side if they're comforted by laying on their side. This allows your baby to lay in your lap and either snooze or look around, look at you. It's stimulating. It helps so much and it keeps them occupied. This is also handy when you're breastfeeding on a plane. You can swaddle your baby and then set them on the boppy for a comfy ride. As far as gear for you, don't forget to pack for yourself. First and foremost, a water bottle. You have to stay hydrated. And it doesn't matter if your baby is one day old or three years old. You want to stay hydrated if you are flying. So the the cabins in, in the airplanes are pressurized and there's oxygen that's being pumped in there to keep the cabin pressure steady and what a human needs. And so that can be really drying to you. So humans in general should drink more water when you are flying, but also breastfeeding parents. It's more important for you. It's especially important for you. Up that water intake. So keep a water bottle. Obviously, your water bottle will have to be empty going through security, but there are water stations, um, bathrooms, and water fountains all throughout the airports that you can easily fill up your water bottle. If they don't have fill stations, you can just buy a bottle of water and put it in your water bottle. And if you don't want the hassle of carrying in a water bottle, you can just buy bottled water your entire vacation. I just love my water bottles. They're a comfort item for me um, and ensures that I always have something to drink. And so I love taking my water bottle. Depending on how far along postpartum you are, you're going to also want to bring pads with you, so menstruation pads. The change in air pressure can cause light postpartum bleeding or release of the final remnants of birth, and you don't want to be caught thousands and thousands and thousands of miles in the air with no way to control what's happening with your body, or not control it, but deal with it, right? So it's still a very natural, normal, common thing. Um, You'll just want to have something that you're prepared. A little bit of extra tips that I have for you. So if you're traveling and you are planning on taking your car seat or stroller, a few things to consider here. So there are so many stories of parents who... Check their strollers and car seats and then get them back completely destroyed or with damaged wheels, handles, ripped fabric, all sorts of stuff. So be careful. It's worth considering looking into if your location has some sort of program where they rent car seat strollers, bassinets, all sorts of baby gear uh, for short term use. This is common in big cities. They understand that people travel and people might need things for just a night or two or people might need things for just a few weeks because they're traveling for just a few weeks. It's not an unheard of practice, so check it out. Also, taking off. So I'm sure, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about helping your baby Um, with takeoff and landing because of ear pressure. And while this is true um, and it's an old age old approach, it has also been proved to be successful. So you wanna help your baby be sucking on something when you're taking off and landing because it helps with the air pressure in their ears. Never wake a sleeping baby during takeoff or landing. So if your child is already sleeping, Leave them be. If your child wakes up naturally during these times, have a bottle or your breast ready for them. You can also put a pacifier in their mouth or use your finger. So if your baby is sleeping and they begin to stir, you might want to stick your finger quickly in their mouth or put a pacifier in their mouth. That will generally help ease this possibly bumpy time. (laughs) Ha ha, pun intended. Seat request, that's another something that people don't always know. You can request your seat before arriving at the airport. It's best done during online check-in 24 hours before departure. And if you choose, you can email the airline your flight information and request bulkhead seating. Explain that you're traveling with a newborn or an infant and emergency exit rows are not going to be available to you because you have small children who are not going to be able to help get people out. So you get priority for bulkhead knowing that you need extra room because you have a small child. Also sitting in the bulkhead has some some pros to it. Not only does it give you more room, but it also reduces the noise in the cabin because you're up front, you have that one wall, things seem to kind of bounce off that wall. And since you're in the front little corner, it seems like the air that's being pumped into the cabin is always a little louder in the bulkhead. It's much like a sound machine all on its own. I love getting bulkhead. All carry-ons must be stowed when you sit in bulkhead, so just making sure that you don't overpack your diaper bag enough that it won't fit in the overhead compartment. Um, And making sure that if you are only taking a diaper bag and a small carry-on suitcase, that they both can fit above, as opposed to at your feet for any other regular seat. Finally, sleep Begin shifting your child's sleep schedule before you go on your travels. It's always better to account for jet lag or time change by shifting before so that when you get to your destination, your child is somewhat already adjusted. Us adults don't have as hard a time adjusting because we can rationalize that even though we're tired, we really need to stay up for four more hours just to get on track. And we can generally do that. Babies are not going to be able to do that. And so when their bodies say they need sleep, they're going to need sleep. Like all things baby, it's really hard to consolidate and not overpack. Depending on your destination, not all of this list is going to be necessary or applicable. When traveling with your baby, some parents feel it's easier to pack bare minimum and buy what they need once they get to their destination. And some parents love to pack everything, including the kitchen sink. As the holiday season is descending upon us, I hope that this episode gave you some insight into things that could make your life easier, some life hacks, some aha moments, some oh my gosh, he he is brilliant moments. Happy Friday, y'all. Go out into the weekend. Have a restful and relaxing weekend. Take care of yourselves. If you are somewhere that is warm, stay cool. If you are somewhere that is cold, stay warm. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Hi, villagers. I just wanted to hop on here and let you know of a few things that are happening with TBH. We are starting to ramp up for 2019, and we have so many things on the books in store for you. In order to get all of this juicy information, we are deciding to do everything through our email list. So if you just joined into our podcast, you're only going to be getting sprinkled with some of our information. The same thing with Instagram. Just a little bit of information. If you are not on our email list, you will no doubt miss out on critical information. Head over to the link in the show notes and I will link the sign up for the email list so that you can have this juicy information, upcoming events, tips and tricks, more life hacks, all my secrets to the best pregnancy, birth, and postpartum delivered right to your inbox every single week. I promise not to spam you with dumb crap you don't want to see in your inbox. I don't want that stuff in my inbox, too, so I'm not going to do it to you. Head over to the link. Get your name on the email list. Be one of the first people to know when we drop brand new stuff for you. I will see you there. Happy Friday, y'all did you know that you can join our online tribes our private facebook group can be found by searching the tranquility tribe podcast on facebook and our instagram tribe is tranquility by hee he. if you have a story you want to share with us please reach out to us at tranquility by at gmail.com until next time villagers